Hey Simple Fam, it's Elliot here, and welcome back to another episode of this podcast. Um, I just felt like recording for some reason, and I have a little idea, uh, it's gonna be a little different. I've been, well, not entirely different, but since I've been reading stuff from, like, stories I wrote, like, The book I wrote about my abusive ex, the book I uh, wrote about what happened to me uh, in 2015, which was my most recent episode, I decided, why not read an expert, whatever, just a snippet, I should say, of a book I've been writing. Um, It's a fiction book. And it's about a guy who goes through a death of his best friend. His best friend gets murdered. And he's trying to find out who the killer is. And he ends up uh, getting into a relationship with a waitress named named Elizabeth. The guy's name is Malik. And so they get into a relationship, but Elizabeth's hiding a dark secret. And, yeah, he's trying to find out what the dark secret is. But, yeah, I'm going to read you guys a little snippet. Um, I'm probably only going to read, like, a few pages of chapter one and then uh, make another episode later. uh, Because chapter one is very long. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. So, let's read the description. Malik is a sweet Algerian man. Oh, but pff, let me start over. Judge for Justice is the book title. Uh, the description is Malik is a sweet Algerian man living in the city of Quebec to study his passion for art to become a su- successful artist eventually. Three years ago, in the early hours of the e- evening, his best friend, Azaya, got murdered. Through investigation, detectives believed that Azaya was poisoned. After over a year of trying to find a suspect in Isaiah's murder, the trail runs cold and eventually gets put to rest without the criminal being brought to justice. Everything in Malik's role gets turned apart and eventually he gets eventually he puts everything at the bottom of his list, begins solving his best friend's murder himself. Partners, friends, everything. While trying to figure out who killed his best friend, he meets a beautiful woman named Elizabeth who sweeps him off his feet and makes him head over heels. But he doesn't know that Elizabeth holds a dark, deadly secret. Will Malik find out before it's too late? Chapter 1. Eager for Justice It was bright and sunny. It was bright and sunny, but it was the darkest day for Malik Davis. It was 2012, and he got out of his vehicle, the gorgeous buildings of Quebec, Canada towering over him as he walked down the alleyway to meet his best friend, Isaiah Morris, to begin completing the project they've been working on for the past three days. It was a mural on a building on the right side of St. Andrew's Church. They wanted to capture the beauty of heaven in a painting by painting an angel with bright white feathery wings and long curly brown hair that went past the angel's hips. She posed with her hands pressed together, praying. As Malik walked up, he saw Zaire spray-painting the feathers of the angel's wings to make them stand out more. 
Those wings look beautiful, Mummy said, smiling at Isaiah as he continued to paint. Isaiah quickly glanced at him and smiled at him, nodding. Malik picked up a can of pale skin-colored spray paint and began spray painting the arms of the angel, putting them in the right pose for the hands to look like they were praying. How long have you been out here for? Malik asked. Isaiah put the can of spray paint on the ground, picking up a new color. For about an hour. I haven't been out here long. Malik nodded, spray painting the hands of the angel now in the praying pose. We should get this done by sundown, I believe. Isaiah nodded in agreement. He began spray painting the angel's long, curly brown hair. Made sure the hair was standing up beautifully, making it look, making it look realistic. Malik began putting the finishing touches on the hands together, outlining them gently in different shades of black and skin color so he could tell them apart from each finger. It was coming together so beautifully, truly depicting an angel praying. Malik believed this would be his best piece yet, especially since he got his best friend to work on it with him. It will be cherished in his memories forever because of it. Soon enough, time passed by and the painting was complete. The angel towered above them on the building, her hands pressed together and praying. They added a light background, a blue sky with sunbeams cascading around her, making it look like she was truly in heaven, waiting for other angels to come and greet her. Malik and Isaiah stared in awe at the magnificent painting they created together. They cherished this moment, breathing deeply and looking at the painting together in amazement. This was the best piece that they have ever created together and they were so proud of their accomplishment. Isaiah quickly took out his phone and began taking a couple pictures of this fantastic painting he and Malik had created together. This is, has to be the best one yet, Isaiah smiled, snapping pictures still. Malik took out his phone as well and began snapping a few pictures. Oh for sure, this is beautiful. They both quietly chuckled to themselves at how amazing the painting truly was. They put their phones away after gathering a couple more photos and began gathering their supplies to grab a quick bite to eat to celebrate their accomplishment. What are you in the mood for? Millie asked, putting spray paint cans into a heavy duty heavy duty carrying case. Asia sung a bag over her shoulder, spray paint cans rattling in the motion. Maybe that new Italian place on the Caden Street? Sure, I wouldn't mind some pizza, maybe some pasta too. Malik nodded, putting another bag on his shoulder full of spray paint cans. Malik and Isaiah began walking towards her vehicles, so spray, spray paint cans riding with every step they took. They went their separate ways, getting into separate vehicles. Malik slung the bag of paint cans in the backseat of his white truck and started the engine, beginning to drive towards the new Italian place that Isaiah wanted to try. Malik arrives at the new Italian restaurant, parking in the lot and turning his headlights off. He looks around for Isaiah's truck but doesn't see it anywhere. He gets a little confused as it doesn't take him that long to get to the restaurant. A matter of tw 20 minutes and there wasn't any traffic at all on the road. It was only 6.30, but it was on a Monday, so people weren't out on the road in this part of town. Maybe it took a wrong turn by accident and got lost, Malik thought, or he got distracted and saw something that triggered his arti artistic intuition. He decided to pull out his phone and text him just to be safe. Hey Isaiah, where are you? He put his phone on the dashboard of his truck and waited. He didn't want to he head inside before Isaiah got there because he wanted to go out inside with him. 
So he just patiently waited and looked around the parking lot for any signs of his friend's truck. Twenty minutes had passed and still no sign of him, nor was a text message. Malik began to get anxious and tried calling Isaiah. This is Isaiah. You caught me at a bad time. Please leave me your name and number and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Beep. Hey Isaiah, it's been over 20 minutes and I haven't seen you arrive at the restaurant yet. I've been sitting here waiting for you. Did you get lost? Please pick up. Malik recorded his voicemail and hung up, putting his phone down on the dashboard yet again. He looked at the restaurant and noticed the time. It was almost 7 o'clock. The restaurant closes at 9 o'clock, so he figured that Isaiah just took the scenic route, where he found something that triggered his artistic intuition like he normally does, and got distracted, so he decided to take his phone and head down into the restaurant to get a quick bite. Table two for two, please. My friend is running a bit behind, Malik said to the hostess, looking around the very chic-looking chic looking foyer of their Italian restaurant. The hostess gestured to follow her, so Malik did. Still worrying about Isaiah and what might have happened, because it wasn't like him to just not show up. They went out for dinner every night together, cooked at home together. It was their tradition ever since they met. Either they went out to dinner after finishing some artwork, or they cooked at home trying to come up with new ideas for pieces and stuff. This had gone on for the several years they shared a friendship, and not once did Isaiah skip out on dinner. Even if it was to gather supplies for inspiration from a place that shook his int artistic intuition. Malik got seated at a small table in the corner of the restaurant and the hostess put down two menus on the table along with two cups of ice water. Malik thanked her and began looking at the menu of all the delicious options he had to choose from. Spaghetti carbonara, spaghetti and meatballs, fettuccine alfredo, so many options. He began thinking of what he'd like to have as he kept an eye on his phone that he placed on the table. An hour passed by and Malik had ordered food, spaghetti and meatballs with garlic bread. He had not heard one word from Isaiah the entire time that he was eating. He had, a, he had kept an eye on his phone like a hawk and not a single peep was heard from his phone. Not a single phone call, not a single text message. It was like Isaiah had disappeared. The ice had melted in his drink from sitting there for over an hour. He kept telling his waitress that his friend would be there, but yet he never showed. He decided to wrap up the evening and paid the bill, taking a plate of garlic bread to go, in case Isaiah decided to show up at his place randomly and make up for missing dinner with him this evening. He left the restaurant, closed the heavy glass door behind him, and began walking to his car. A few days had passed since Malik last heard from his best friend Isaiah. His phone never rang nor alerted him to any text notifications from him. It was like he had just vanished from thin air. He never showed up at Malik's place to apologize for missing dinner. He never showed up to retrieve the garlic bread Malik had saved for him. It still had a place in Malik's fridge, not even touched because he was waiting for Isaiah to come over and dig into the loaf. But he hadn't. Why was Isaiah not answering any of his phone calls or messages? Was it something he had said a few days ago when they had finished the painting together? What happened to his best friend? Malik tried asking some of their mutual friends, but none of them had heard from, heard from him either. He wasn't on the best of terms with Isaiah's family because they were dramatic assholes who didn't like Malik for whatever reason that they had, so he couldn't ask them where his best friend had disappeared to.
Malik pulled out his phone and tried texting Isaiah again. Hey man, where are you? You haven't texted me or called me for days. This isn't like you. He sighed and put his phone face down on his nightstand. He lay in his bed staring at the ceiling. He felt depressed. He didn't know why his best friend of several years was ignoring him all of a sudden. He didn't think he said anything wrong to make Isaiah upset, so what could this be? Ding. Finally, I hope it's Isaiah, Malik said to himself. He grabbed his phone and immediately looked at the notification. Is this Malik? My name is Christy McGuire. I am a detective here at Quebec City Police Department. Malik's heart dropped. What was the detective doing texting him? Yes, this is Malik. May I ask why you are texting me? I highly suggest that you come down to the station so we can discuss this matter in person. Please come anytime before 8 p.m. when I am off. Christy McGuire responded. Lee's heart began pounding and he felt sweat beating up on his forehead. <clears throat> he began feeling very anxious at the sight of the text message. What could this mean? Is Isaiah in trouble? What did he do in two days that could have gotten a detective involved? He jumped out of bed and began digging through his dresser drawers to find clothing to put on to go out into the town with the police department. He found a blue button-down shirt, black skinny jeans, and pop, some prop print socks. He put his phone down on his dresser and began getting dressed, hopping his way to the bathroom as he was pulling his underwear and his pants on. He began getting ready, brushing his teeth and his long brown hair. After getting ready, Malik grabbed his keys and his phone and rushed out the door, a million thoughts rushing through his mind. Isaiah is in trouble. What did he do? Isaiah didn't strike Malik as a fighting type of guy, or someone that would just randomly murder someone without, with or without a motive. He also didn't think of Isaiah as someone who would rob a bank, even if he was desperate for cash. But at the same time, you never know with people. He might be in some serious trouble, and Malik might have to answer some questions regarding what Isaiah had done. He was so nervous, his heart was pounding the entire car ride to the police department. He didn't know what to think or what to say. It was an anxious wreck. After what seemed like a very long car ride, Malik finally rushed inside the police department, swinging the glass door open and heading inside. I'm here to see Miss McGuire. She contacted me a few minutes ago. I got here as quickly as I could. Malik told one of the cops at one of their desks. Yoo-hoo, I'm over here, Christine shouted waving her hand and making her presence known. Malik smiled at the officer who he spoke with and began heading over towards Christine. His palms were sweating and he gripped his phone with a powerful, painful grip. His heart was beating as fast as ever now and he felt like he was going to fall out of his chest. And he felt like it was going to fall out of his chest. Christine directed Malik towards her office, which was very colorful and full of Funko Pops and other figurines of anime characters, musicians, cartoons, etc. She exhibited a very funky and fun personality. Malik took a seat in an uncomfortable black chair, the cushion in the back seat barely doing any justice for his bum. So, uh, what made you invite me down to the station, Miss McGuire? Malik asked, wiping sweat off his forehead. Christine smiled. Call me Christine, dear, but I have to discuss a serious matter with you regarding your best friend, Isaiah. What is this about? Is he in some sort of trouble? 
the week. This is very difficult for me to say, but I believe I have to tell you that your best friend Isaiah passed away two days ago due to being poisoned in his truck. Christine said seriously, taking a seat in her much more comfortable looking office chair. Malik's expression turned blank. His world felt like it had just crumbled beneath him and he was stabbed in the chest. He didn't know what to think, what to believe, what to feel at that exact moment. Isaiah, dead? How could this be? He just saw him two days ago and he was completely fine. How could someone have murdered such a sweet and innocent soul like Isaiah? He began feeling tears coming out of his eyes and he began breaking into uncontrollable sobbing. Loud, uncontrollable sobbing. Christine got up and shut her office door. She grabbed a box of tissues off her desk and gave it to Malik, which she grabbed with a shaking hand. Do you mind if I comfort you? She asked, looking down at Malik. He nodded and Christine began rubbing his back and covering him to the best of her ability. If you need a moment alo alone, I can go and grab you a cup of coffee or water from the break room. What water would be, be great, Malik managed to stutter, still uncontrollably sobbing. Christine left the room, opening her office door and closing it behind her. Malik stopped quieter now, trying to lower his heart rate so he didn't pass out. He blew his, blew his nose quite loudly and sniffled. He didn't know what to think still. He was still in complete shock that his best friend had died. He didn't know of anyone with a vendetta against him, and he didn't know anyone who would do such a thing to Isaiah. He had no enemies. Everyone liked him. Some people even loved him. So who could have done this to his best friend? What was their motive? Isaiah didn't come from money. He sure didn't have a lot being a struggling painter. Malik was so confused. Thoughts raced through his brain and began thinking back to the night that Isaiah passed away. Nobody was following them, or so he thought. Nobody seemed suspicious during that night, or that, and they were completely alone in the alley the entire time they were painting the mural. Did someone bump into Isaiah before really kick on to the mural spot and he hadn't known? Or did someone bump into him when he was getting into his truck and Malik didn't see or hear anything in the street? So many questions ran through his brain, but he had no answers for them. Here you go, dear, Christine said, opening up her office door and handing Malik a bottle of water. Malik managed to crack a smile and grab the bottle of water from her. Thank you. Christine smiled at him and sat back down at her office desk. Now, regarding Isaiah, I do have to ask you a couple questions as a standard procedure so we can figure out what had happened that night. Yes, ma'am. You can ask me anything you like, Malik replied. Okay, well, when did you last see Isaiah? Christine asked, pulling out a notepad and a sparkly pink pen. Malik put down his water bottle after taking a swig. I saw Isaiah at 5 p.m. two days ago. We had just finished a mural we had got permission to paint on, building on the right side of St. Andrew's Church. We agreed to meet for dinner afterward at the new Italian place on a Caden Street. Christine wrote down his response and looked up. Was anything suspicious regarding your surroundings? Did you notice anybody that may have been paying extra special attention to Isaiah? He shook his head. No, ma'am. I got there about an hour after he did the mural site. He didn't complain about bumping into anybody that wasn't the nicest. I also didn't see anybody on the street where his car was parked, nor did I see anyone on the street where my car was parked. Our cars were parked several feet away from each other. 
Did you happen to see anyone as you began driving towards the restaurant? She asked, scribbling down Malik's answers on the notepad still. No, I didn't happen to see anyone. The street seemed empty and quiet. Christine nodded, continued to scribble down his words. Do you believe Isaiah had a, has, Do you believe Isaiah had enemies and anyone with a murder motive to murder him? No, I don't think anyone had any motive to no, I don't think anyone had any motive to hurt Isaiah or has a motive to murder him. He did not come from any money and is a struggling painter such as myself. He sure didn't have any, any have much anyway to begin with himself. Everyone also adored him. Malik replied, a frowning expression on his face. Christine eagerly wrote down notes and nodded her head some more. She sat there for a moment, thinking of her next set of questions to ask him. Is there any possibility Is there any possibility that Isaiah could have been into any funny business that you weren't aware of? Malik frowned even more as she gained his head. No, Isaiah wouldn't would have never gotten himself into trouble. He didn't owe anybody sketchy cash or anything. He wasn't into drugs. He wasn't like that. I don't like what you're asking. I'm sorry, Mr. Davis, but this is just standard protocol, and I have to ask questions that seem even impossible to the people that knew Isaiah. Now tell me, was Isaiah ever acting weird while you were painting the mural two days ago? Christine questioned, putting her pen down for a brief moment. No, he wasn't. He was entirely focused on getting a project done, as we had been working on it for the past three days. We needed to get it done, Malik replied, taking another swing of water from the clear plastic bottle. Christine nodded and finished writing her notes. She put her pen down once more and pushed her notepad aside. She looked at Malik through her purple square frame glasses and smiled. Well, I think that's all the questions I have for you this morning. I advise you to get some rest, and if we need anything from you, we will contact you again. Malik and Christine shook hands while Malik stood up. Thank you, ma'am. He sighed and picked up his water bottle from the chair, leaving Christine's office after taking a business card off her desk for safekeeping. He began exiting the police department and waved goodbye to the officer that he greeted upon arriving. He shut the clear glass door behind him, pulling out his phone and checking the time. It was 12 p.m. He had been in there an hour. He had been in there an hour answering questions and talking to the detective. He put his phone back into his jeans pocket and began walking towards a bright white truck. Bright <clears throat> began walking towards his bright white truck in the parking lot. Malik drove home. <laughs> Malik drove home that afternoon in silence. He didn't feel like blasting music on the radio like he usually did. He just felt like being in complete silence. He could not believe that his best friend of several years was now, was now all of a sudden gone. Dead. Questions still ran, his, ran through his mind of the whole ordeal. How could this happen to Isaiah? What was that person's motive? He just didn't understand how this happened. He began blaming himself for not walking Isaiah to his car that day, or at least going with him to the Italian restaurant and Isaiah's car instead. He began blaming himself for not getting to the mural site at the same time Isaiah did because maybe something happened during that hour he had not been there. 
There were so many things running through his mind that the only thing he could do was sit in, sit on his couch, staring at a blank TV screen in front of him. After what seemed like hours, Malik decided to get up and move into his bedroom. He opened his closet door where he kept his art supplies of different kinds. For murals, for regular paintings, you name it, he has it for different art pieces. He pulled out a blank, medium-sized canvas and his pair of paints and brushes. He threw those on his bed, shuffling over to the corner of his room where he had an easel tucked away. He grabbed a hold of it and unfolded it to the middle unfolded it in the middle of his room and grabbed his wooden stool, placed it in front of the easel, and then grabbed a hold of his art supplies. He placed his canvas on the easel and began pulling out different colored paints, picking particularly skin color colors and browns. He soon began painting a portrait with what Isaiah looked like, painting his face with a beautiful with a beautiful smile he remembered his best friend had when they finally finished the mural together. He painted his curly hair, swinging the brush with each stroke. Swirling the brush with each stroke. He sat there for a good three hours, painting a portrait of his best friend to remember him by. When he was finished, he carefully moved his easel into the corner of the room again with the portrait still on it. He put away his art supplies, closed his closet door, and threw himself onto his bed. He wrapped himself in blankets and quietly wept himself to sleep. I am going to end it here, people. Uh, there is a lot left in the chapter, um, but I feel like I'm going to end it here, especially because I keep stumbling over my words because I'm talking so much. Um, I will continue uh, reading this later, uh, either today or I'll try recording tomorrow. But, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed so far. Um, yeah, hope you guys have a good day, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.